Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Castellanos stings one to right field. And another! The fourth hit, the second homer of a stellar day for Nick Castellanos. Well, good morning, everybody, and good morning, Ray Dinger. And, Ray, while you were hitting on 19 at the blackjack table last night, shortly <laughs> after midnight, news broke that the Phillies made a huge free agent signing, Nick Castellanos. He of 34 home runs last year. Terrific hitter. Ray, this may sound familiar for you with the Phillies. Defense leaves a little bit to be desired. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But a big signing is a bust through. Dave Middleton explodes that salary cap uh, threshold and goes through it. We'll talk about that in in a moment. I just wanted to get that in right at the top because um, if you went to bed before about 1130 and didn't look uh, online, didn't look at the news today, you probably missed that. So we're going to get back to that in a minute. Um, first, just a little bit about last night, Ray. Uh, and I were down in Harris in Atlantic City. I was trying to pull Ray away from the back rat table. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ray, you, you did have the James Bond tux on. So, How'd you, you know, like that? Huh? Uh, you were spectacular. <laughs> you looked great. No, uh, Ray was I don't often the, I don't often rock the tux, but on those rare occasions, I enjoy it. Clean up well, Ray. Thank you. Uh, you were awarded the Reds Bagnell Award, Lifetime Achievement Honor by the Maxwell Football Club before a room of uh, maybe 500-plus people in Atlantic City. Standing ovation for Ray from the likes of Coach Vermeil and Bryce Young, Jonathan Taylor, legends of the games and young stars. Ray, your family was there, your wife, your kids, your your delightful granddaughter, and I was I was delighted to be there to watch. And you have received many accolades, my friend, this this has to be one of the most gratifying. Really special. Really, really special. Uh, you know, as a Philadelphia guy, a guy who grew up here, fully understanding the meaning and the history of the Maxwell Club and fully understanding who Red Spagnell was and having gotten to know him and uh, become friends with him, uh, to be honored by the Maxwell Club and to receive an award uh, in Red's name is uh, – it was really, uh, it was really kind of overwhelming. I mean, when you look at the, uh, you know, you and I talked about this—the list of people that had won the Bagnell Award before. You mentioned Dick Vermeil was one of them. Don Shula was another. Uh, I was at the dinner the night they awarded the first one, and it was to Pete Rozelle. <laughs> uh, I've been there, and I've seen Ed Sable and Steve Sable. Rozelle, get it. Dinger, there's some great. I mean, there was some really, really, yeah. uh, as I referred to in my speech last night, true giants of the game, guys who built this game, and to think that the Maxwell Club. Saw fit to put me in their company was 
was really very special. We are going to get into that more uh, later in the hour, but I did want to get that out right at the beginning, and I'm sure some of the people listening to us were there last night. You're certainly invited to check in at 215-592-9494 and mention how spectacular Ray was. Uh, but, Ray, yes. even as you and I and others I mentioned, uh, Jordan David, Brian Dawkins being feeded late into the night, came that <laughs> news uh, here in, whatever, 60 miles west in Philadelphia of the Castellano signing. And let me say today, Ray, we've got we got a lot of major topics. We've got star players coming and going with the Phillies, with the Eagles, with the Flyers. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into all of those big names. we got a, a well-timed NCAA tournament. Tell us your story with local hoops legend Fran Dunphy. Right. Uh, and really not enough time to get into it all, so... So let's let's start with Castellanos. So I'm going to mm-hmm. play one more one more highlight, not one that uh, Phillies fans will remember fondly, but this was last summer. In the air, center field, stumbled start for Herrera, streaks back, gone, a grand slam. <laughs> what is the best part of that, Ray? Well, there are two. There are two aspects to that. <laughs> one of which is Nick Castellanos hitting a hitting a slam. Bomber, uh, but yeah. the other is the is the <laughs> almost almost with an asterisk reference to a stumbling start yes. by Adubel Herrera. So okay, for Phillies fans, here's the good news: Nick Castellanos is going to be right in the middle of your batting order next season. Yeah. Um, the bad news is that Odubel Herrera is, is still going to be stumbling starting in center field. Oh God, Ray, they brought him back. I, you know, I'm I was stunned. I really I was. was. I, I I just I just assumed when we when we closed. When we closed the book on last year, we closed the book on Odubel Herrera. But he's just one of those guys that won't go away. <laughs> it's like a, like a bad itch that you can't get rid of. Um, so Castellanos last year hit 309, 34 homers, 100 RBIs, 100-plus RBIs. He, in the last five uh, – there's some five-year deal, $100 million, uh, of course, pending the physical. In the last five years – take out the COVID year, okay? The other years – he has averaged 28 home runs, 45 doubles. You know, he had like 52 doubles one year. Yeah, I know. 91 RBIs, 90 runs scored, 290 batting average. He's a huge bat right in the middle of the order. Um, they got Kyle Schwarber in the lineup earlier in the week. Again, another big power hitter. Middleton busts through the luxury cap threshold. How do you feel about all this? Um, well, Castellanos is um... – I mean, he's a dynamic offensive player. He really is, and consistent. It's not like he's – you're not like you're signing for a lot of money off one big year. I mean, you look at his career, I mean, he's been an offensive power producer and run producer throughout. Uh, and he's a, he's, a, he's a terrific offensive player. And there's no, there's no question that in one week, bringing in he and Schwarber um, have brought in a lot of protection for Bryce Harper. I mean, last year, that last month of the season when this team was flirting with the postseason – um, you know, Bryce Harper was carrying that team for the last six weeks of the season to try and get him into the playoffs. Didn't have a whole lot of help. Well, he's got a lot of help in the lineup now. I mean, this is a team – I mean, there's no way – Glenn, there's no way this team is not going to score a ton of runs. I mean, they will. And the question is, you know, they're going to have to win a lot of 14 to 12 games yes. because they – right now their pitching looks really thin, uh, and their defense remains – I'll be kind and say substandard. But it's actually closer to atrocious. No, it's closer to atrocious. Yes, last year you talked about the corner butchers, and uh, I got news: it's there. There's going to be butchers on every corner out there. I don't. 
I don't know what you call a shopping mall full of butchers, but they, they are. <laughs> right? I mean, other than Rail Muto, is there anybody on that team who you would say is above average on defense? Is a Harper's, pl- Harper's good. Is a plus defender? Plus defender, yeah. Um, no. No, I, I, I think Harper, Harper has proven to be a better defensive player than I thought he was going to be. Um, yeah, he had a good year. Yeah, and, and he's, he has been. Ever since he's gotten here, uh, I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised by his defense. His, his defense is good. Um, but I wouldn't say that he's a glove man. You know, I mean, he can, he can play the position well enough. But at some of the other spots, no. I mean, you got – right now, I mean, you're fielding a team – you're really fielding a team of DHs is really kind of what it amounts to. And, okay, okay, great, good for you. The DH is coming to the National League. Uh, and you're well-armed to play that, but – when the ball's hit in the air or ball's hit on the ground, <laughs> cover your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Let me. I'm going to get one quick call on on this, and then I want to get football into this segment. I want to get the Giroux thing coming up, so we have a lot to cover. So um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get back to all these topics. But Bob in Williamstown is excited about Castellanos, correct? Yes, I I, I certainly am. I I did fall asleep early, but uh, as when you get old, you don't sleep right through. So my phone's next to me. I checked my phone and I saw it. Yeah, It took me an hour and a half to fall back to sleep. There was lineups going through my head. And I'm saying, okay, so we're not going to catch the ball, but we're going to pound the hell out of it. And we won a World Series with three starters and just being an American League team and hitting. And I'm looking for 90 wins in a great summer, and I'm thrilled. I, I I like that, Ray. Remember when you used to play play professional softball, Ray, back in the day? Oh, uh, I remember. Day, yeah, I remember. What, what what were the scores of those games, Ray? <laughs> we played one game with Detroit, where well, they scored forty. <laughs> but, but we but no no no, don't laugh. I mean, we scored thirty six. We just we just came up a little short in the bottom of the seventh. You sure that wasn't the? But there's something something that I really need to tell you. Yes. Uh, and I'm not sure if, if Ray knows this, uh, but I will say. Again, because I'm old, I grew up with people like Ray and Stan Hockman, uh, Jason Stark, people, you, believe it or not, Al, uh, that when you said something, you meant it. You didn't look for people to, for like a controversy. Well, there was a guy this week on Twitter that called Flyer fans a bunch of, Glenn, you yes. know what he said. Yes, he okay. did. Yeah, rear end. And I'm going to say that God bless you. Because you came to everyone's defense and pointed out the fact that we're not that, we're fans. And if there's an era in Flyers history or anyone's history, and and I've been a fan since day one, year one, I'm entitled, and everyone else is entitled, to not feel good about it. And to be called by a writer the most disgusting, disgusting name that you could ever be called in print, and then when you called him on it, he said, well, I stand behind this. Yeah. Well, guess what? An absolute – I don't want to go any further because I don't want no, to – I appreciate it. And, and I think but that – thank you, Glenn. You got it, Bob. And thank you for uh, for reading that. See, Ray, see what you missed by not being on Twitter? Yeah, so what? Uh, fill me in. Yeah, well, it's one of the writers, one of the hockey guys. Uh, and, you know, it was in discussion of Giroux leaving, and people were pointing out just how, you know, the flyer – just kind of how bad the flyers are and how – and, and they weren't blaming Giroux per se, but they were saying during this era, it's been a really bad era of hockey. Right. And this guy said, don't ruin Giroux's final game. How dare you talk, ruin Giroux's final game by talking about how bad the franchise may or may not be. You're, don't be a bleep. 
And I said, you know, fans are entitled to be unhappy with the product that they see. Of course they can. Well, yeah. Well, that was that was the nature of the, of the thing. That, 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 that's one. I of don't those... get into Twitter fights very often. In fact, I usually am like one and done because right. there's, you know, it's, right. There's no end to those things. But there are, you know, there are even in this business sometimes when both things can be true. Yeah. And the flyers, the flyers can be hideously atrocious, which they are. But you can also point out that what happened the other night at the Wells Fargo Center was very special. It was. Yeah, I mean, bo- so both, thing, both segment, things are true. Yes. Our whole next segment is going to be about Claude Giroux. So let me get back to that. But let me ask you this right now, switching topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple days ago, the Eagles cut, release uh, Fletcher Cox. Now there is talk that they will bring him back on a lower uh, contract, by the way, according to a local outlet called Let's Go to the Phones, which broke the story of him being cut. Give credit where it's due. Um, Ray? Do you still want Fletcher Cox back if you get him at a cheaper price? Or is it time to say, it's been great, thank you for the Super Bowl, terrific career, and we will see you at the, uh, the, the when, when you get into the Eagles Hall of Fame? Right. Um, no, if you can get him back on a, on a one-year deal for a reasonable price, I'll take him back, sure. Because you're, you're going to have to replace him anyway. Yeah, I know, but the question is, I mean, what I remember last year, I'm 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 very split on this to be honest with you because I don't know where I may find better and I don't want to make my team worse, but I also remember last year he was kind of early on complaining about the defense right. and the scheme. Hey, and he wasn't entirely wrong by the way. Well, he may not have been, but I don't know that it's the right thing to do go public with that. And I I got the feeling last year he took some more than a couple plays off. Well, that's been true for a couple of years now. You know, where uh, um, there's, yeah, I mean, he's he he flips the switch. I, I, I will grant you that. Uh, and if, if you do bring him back on the one-year deal for less money, you do it with the full awareness that he, you're not getting the Fletcher Cox of 2017. You know, you're getting the Fletcher Cox of 2022, which is a, a diminished player. I mean, he hasn't been – the Eagles for a long time, uh, they kept trying to explain away his diminishing production by saying, well, like, I get, he, he gets double teamed, he gets triple teamed. He's a, no, it's not, it hasn't been true in years. I mean, teams haven't really been doubling Fletch for a while. I mean, they're pretty comfortable blocking him one-on-one. I mean, you look at last year, I mean, the doubles clearly were going to Hargrave's side. So, I mean, he hasn't been the guy that he was earlier in his career for some time now. But it's not like you got – it's not like he's blocking somebody else's progress here. You know, it's not like you've got two or two or three really good young defensive linemen that you're dying to get on the field. Um, if you if you let him go, if he just goes off and walks, which he could now. I mean, he's a free agent. Everybody's kind of saying, well, you know, they'll bring him back. Not necessarily. I mean, he if somebody offers him more money, he could go somewhere else. Well, you're going to have to find that other guy. I mean, Hargrave is set. Um, you know, they seem to like Milton Williams, and he did some good things. But I'm not sure that he's an inside player. I'm not so sure that he's not better on the outside. Can I get so, that Jordan Davis who we saw last night? Oh, boy. Ma'am, Ray, I stood next to that kid. This was, this was again, last night at the Maxwell Club dinners. He got the Bednarik Award as the College Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, I knew he was big, but sometimes you have to stand next to these guys to see how big he is. He's immense. Oh, he's a wall. He's immense. He's, he's 6'6". He's 340. He actually played. He, he was telling me last night he played closer to 360 last year. Uh, but, he, hey, listen, uh, he, he slimmed down. He might be on the Joe DeCamera program. He slimmed down for the combine, uh, dropped 20, yeah. uh, and then went out and ran a 4840. I yeah, mean, he's unbelievable. Cool. He's amazing. He All really right. is. And, and when, they show, when they showed his little film clip highlight, 
you saw plays where he was running down running backs in yes. the open field. Stunning. He's an amazing player. Stunning. Okay. Uh, I want to stick on the NFL for one moment. Again, we're going to talk about Claude Giroux in the next segment. I don't want people to think we're ignoring that. A uh, huge NFL deal. Again, last night as I'm driving home from Atlantic City, the Cleveland Browns end up with Deshaun Watson. Um, three first-round picks, two additional picks. Oh, and by the way, $230 million fully guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to discuss the football side of it for a moment. I am going to quote Connor Orr, who writes for Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback. Uh, because he said it better than I can say it. He said the Browns are never going to live down trading for Watson, to whom they immediately gave a five-year fully guaranteed contract extension. They groveled at such volume, oozed such desperation, that Watson couldn't ignore them, even after he'd removed them from his list of finalists. Congratulations to a club that now becomes the fifth-best team in its conference at best. It only cost them their souls. (laughs) Nicely written. It was well written. And – it's a, it's a really bad look for the NFL that a guy accused by 22 women of sexual harassment and assault when, when – and I understand there was a criminal non-indictment, which is not the same as an exoneration – No, is then rewarded as if the whole thing was just an inconvenience for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I really found it despicable. Yeah, well, I look at it – I was looking at it from a purely – <laughs> oh, a capitalistic stance, I suppose. Uh, what it told me was this whole thing was about nothing but money. You know, Deshaun Watson can say what he wants to say about where he wanted to go. And, you know, when he has his first press conference in Cleveland, he'll probably, the Cleveland PR guys will give him a bunch of index cards where he can start rattling off the pride of the Browns and Paul Brown and Otto Graham. And, you know, and I love the people in the dog pound and the people in Cleveland. And he's going to, he's going to give you all of that as to why, he, why he's excited about coming to Cleveland. He's excited about coming to Cleveland because they're paying him a fortune. Um, I understand it uh, from the standpoint that uh, he's, a, he's a really good quarterback. He really is. I mean, he's a top fiver. At a time when there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, I have no problem putting him in the top five. But this, let's make no mistake here. This was purely about the money. And Cleveland stepped up with the money, and I guess you got a whole lot of Baker Mayfield in the in the Cleveland Stadium commercials that are just going to have to go on the archives because yeah. he ain't going to be in the Cleveland Stadium anymore. No, but I'm just I I really find it just totally distasteful, and for the league, for the Browns, and what's going to happen is they're going to have one news conference where he's going to you know be asked the questions, and he's going to answer you know if I did anything wrong, and I'm not saying that I did. Yeah, I apologize for that. Let's move on. And then he'll never answer it again, and the team will never answer it again. And maybe he'll get a four-game suspension, whatever, and that's it. And it's, it's, it's really a bad look for a league which is, not, uh, is, is often used to bad looks. Yeah. The hypocrisy of the NFL is on full display here. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, you know, there is that other shoe that has to drop now, and that's, and that's what does um, Commissioner Goodell – and the uh, league's disciplinary arm, what kind of sanction do they come down with? Four games. You think And four. the Browns already know it. Yeah, I, I think that kind of had to be worked out somewhere right. before this was all done. You say four, I don't know. I, I may go six. Okay. But it's not, it's not going to be like, you know, we'll, we'll see you two years from now. I right. mean, he, he'll play this season. It's just a question of when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just 
I just hated the whole thing. All right, so much for us to discuss today. Howie Roseman gets an extension. We talked about Fletcher Cox. Eagles make a move <clears throat> Excuse me. early in the week that I want to get your take about it. Uh, so much going on with the Phillies uh, at and, and the Sixers at noon. Fran Dunphy, to a good NCAA time. Tell us your story. And when we get back, we'll talk about um, what is probably today the day that one of the all-time great flyers gets traded. 215-592-9494. Ray Dinger and Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, Ray Dinger, as you and I sit here on a Saturday morning, beautiful day, by the way, uh, we are waiting for news of the inevitable trade of Claude Giroux. Uh, most likely to either Colorado or Florida, mm-hmm. uh, both serious contenders. It's just so odd that like anybody wants to be traded to the Florida Panthers because they're a contender. They are, but it's just I still can never wrap my arms around that. <laughs> anyway, you can spend, you know, if, you, if you like playing golf, I mean, listen. You know, if I was a player and I got to live down in Florida, I could see the advantage. But it's just it. I I I never have and never will accept. Uh, hockey in in the Sun Belt it just doesn't work for me. Uh, it, it it yeah I'm I'm the same way. And yeah. and one of the things that bothers me is is a lot of the teams that are there and in Arizona are good teams. You know these yeah. teams or the, or the teams in California. It just it just seems weird to me to see a Stanley Cup like the Final Four that has three teams yeah. where Anaheim people are wearing Bermuda Cup shorts to, to the games. Right. Yeah, I can I cannot abide Anaheim ever winning a Stanley Cup, which they've done. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, this is probably the day that Claude Giroux gets traded. He did not play last night when they uh, played Ottawa. He did not make that trip. And I just want to take a little time for you and I to kind of look at his career, put it in perspective. And when you go for the all-time Claude Giroux highlight, the unfortunate part is i got to go back 10 years, which was when the Flyers were in a playoff series against Pittsburgh. If you recall, 2012 Flyers win the first three games and then Pittsburgh starts coming back, and they win game four and five, and we're all getting really scared. So game six starts. Flyers need to make a statement. Right off the bat, opening faceoff, Claude Giroux decks Sidney Crosby. Huge hit in the neutral zone. Remember that? Oh, very well. All right. And then we go 32 seconds into that opening shift, and then this. Crosby, terrific in the faceoff circle in the last game, wins this one, but it's cleared up the far side. Yarmir Yager had it knocked off his stick. He recovers and plays it out to center ice. Latang tried to hammer it back in deep. It didn't get very far. And now Yager trying to play it ahead, but it's knocked away. Picked up here, though, by Giroux. Shot
Ray, he was great that whole series. He was. Um, he really was. And, again, I don't blame Claude Giroux for the things that have – the morass that this franchise has gone into over the de- last decade. It's not his fault that they couldn't find a goalie. It's not his fault that they had inept defensemen. It's not his fault that he had line mates that weren't very good. Um, you could argue, and I would not disagree, there were times when he did not come up in clutch situations. Mm-hmm. Um but, well, I'm going to tell you in a moment where I rank him all-time among flyer forwards. But before I do, oh, I'd, I'd like okay. you to you kind of go first. What, what is his – as Claude Giroux probably leaves today. And by the way, to his credit, he never wanted to leave here. Even now, you know, he, he he's he's been a loyal, good guy. Yes. What's the legacy? Um, I, A very good player, very good captain, uh, tough, durable, never missed a game. Played through a lot of injuries. Um, and I always thought it gave you a good, honest effort all the time. Um, through good times when the team was really good, uh, and then in recent years when the team's been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, his, his effort was something you could never question. Uh, and this was not an easy era to be the Flyers' captain. When you think about the Flyers' captains that have gone before and some of the some of the great years that this team had, you know, of course, the, the, the back-to-back cups, but then some, some really good years go, going to the finals and having some really good teams, good competitive teams. Um, this has been, this last decade has just been kind of a wasteland. And he's been, un- unfortunately, he has become the face of the franchise during its lowest ebb. And um, I think that in retrospect, it probably will, when people start talking about the great flyers, you know, that will work against him. You know, I think people will will say, yeah, he was a good player, and then kind of leave it at that. Um, I don't know that he goes, he's going to get enough credit for being as good a player as he was uh, and a guy who played as hard as he played over a period of time when it would have been easy to just, it would have been easy to just go the other way. And I think that when, what he said and what you said is very true, um, and it certainly was very evident Thursday night at the Wells Fargo Center. That sometimes when guys talk about leaving a team, they'll say, "Oh, I hate to leave this city," and and sometimes it's it is little more than lip service. But I really do believe that Claude Giroux came to love Philadelphia. I think he really did come to love the Philadelphia fans, uh, and I think that emotional send off. I think all that emotion was totally genuine, and that's why that's what made Thursday night so special. And that's why it was, uh, you know, when you look back on this season, there haven't been I, I don't know if there's been a, anything you would call a highlight. No. But Thursday night was certainly a highlight. Yeah, and the Flyers, who have done so many things so poorly on and off the ice, give them a lot of credit. They did a terrific job. They with did that. a real, really, really good job. Bobby also. Clark right. and Lindros, and it, it, it was first class operation. Um, all right, so here you go, Ray. And it was all, and it was all deserved. It was. It, oh, yeah. it, it wasn't manufactured, and it wasn't like, oh, okay, so there's sort of a sense of obligation. I guess we got to give this guy a send off. I mean, I think you saw that how much he is how much the people in that organization love him and how much they respect what he's given to the team. And so that's what made that thing really, really kind of meaningful. I probably have Giroux higher than you do all time, but this is my list of the top dozen all-time flyer forwards. All right? Okay. Do you want me to go 1 to 12 or 12 to 1? Uh, however you want to do it. I'm, okay. I'm kind of curious because I, you know, okay, I, I'm, I'm sort of scribbling down my own list here, but you all go right, here ahead. There you go. Uh, let's start at the top. Number one, Bob Clark. Number two, Bill Barber. Easy, right? Yeah, I'm with you there. Number three, Eric Lindros. I'm with you there. Number four, Giroux. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers, 
the longevity, where he ranks in the league, third leading scorer in the league over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to put it in that perspective. Now, the issue is, and this is, I'm sure, what you'll get into. I'll read more, but I'm sure the issue is number one. Number five, Tim Kerr. Right. Number six, Rick McLeish. Okay. Number seven, John LeClaire. Okay. Number eight, I got Brian Propp. Okay. Number nine, and I love Prop. I want to put him higher. I think uh, I, I think I probably would. Okay, maybe, maybe. Number nine, Rod Brindamore. Okay. Ten, Recky. Yep. Eleven, Simon Gagne. Mm-hmm. Twelve, Reggie Leach. A pretty good list. With apologies to Rick Tockett, who's the one I wanted. To, I mean, I could keep going, but I ran I ran out of Twitter characters, so that's as far as you can go with the list when you run out of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. I think I probably would. I think I probably would have found room for Tockett there somewhere. He was. He was one of the names I scribbled down here. Mm-hmm. Um, my, um, I have Giroux uh, sixth. I have, who do you who do you put in front of? Him? Uh, I've got Clark uh, Clark and Barber one two. That's easy. Lindros three. Yes. Um, I have Kerr four. I have I have Leclerc five, and I have okay. Giroux. I have Giroux coming in six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I I don't know if people. Remember how great Tim Kerr was. I know he had, well, f- he had four straight fifty goal seasons. I know, I know, and and the problem is that you know he would have had eight of them if not for all the horrible injuries that he ended up playing through. Yeah, he had four straight fifty goal seasons, and then another one where he had forty eight. So you know, I think because that team didn't win a cup during his time, I think people remember him as a really good player. But if you go back and look at the numbers, he was far better than that. So. Yeah, I, I got him. I got him as my four, and I've got Leclerc as my five, and I got Giroux at six. Okay. Again, I don't. I don't think we're radically different. Uh, no, no, no. Giroux is is he's an all time great. He's the longest tenured athlete in this town, right? I think he was here before Kelsey. Yes. And uh, him leaving is is a big deal. I know hockey's kind of off the off the chart right now, mm-hmm. not in a good way, in a bad way. Right. Flyers are kind of not in most people's mindset right now, but I. Assuming Giroux does get traded today or tomorrow, I did not want this to pass without you and I discussing it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you did uh, because you and I have spent over the last month or so we've carved out a little time within each show to just to talk about the Flyers, <laughs> to and, shred them, and just and just rip them for uh, you know and and justly so. I mean, they they have been so bad and and there's have done so many things wrong, um, and right now they're they're a tough watch. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, but I think that for having said all the things that they've done wrong, I think we need to give them credit for when they do something right. Yep. And, and, I th- and I thought Thursday night they really did a great job paying tribute to a guy that's one of their all-time great players. So, I, you know, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I think we – I know And last night they go up to Ottawa and they, they lose again. So, I mean, it's, things are kind of back to where they were. But, you know, you, you can't let a player who had the kind of career – that Claude Giroux did and have the kind of longevity in this city that Claude Giroux did. Just let him walk out of town without acknowledging it. Yeah. Neil, you're uh, on with Ryan Glenn. Hi, Neil. Yes. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, Ray, let me first start off by uh, congratulating you on the Maxwell Award. Great accomplishment. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate that. And, Glenn, I've been listening to you a long, long time, even mornings with Mac and Mac. So I go back a long time with you guys. Sure. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to talk to you about the Flyers, and I'm a 40-year season ticket holder from from 72 to 12, and I got out at the right time, so I should really play the stock market. Um, I I will say that it's three things that are wrong here. It's pride, it's heart, it's desire. 
I'm going to break these down real quick. When the kids were growing up in the 70s, they were dreaming about playing for the Flyers. It was pride. I would love to play for that team. 80s, same thing. Kids that grew up in the 90s, same thing. There is no pride whatsoever. Guys don't want to play here. There's just a lack of the pride. Now, they're, they're not playing with heart. They have Lauren Hart. They have Carter Hart. But they have no heart in this organization. Yeah. In the 70s, I remember when the Flyers made it to the finals. The press, the league, they were laughing. The Flyers, are you kidding me? They gave them no chance. This team proved that they could beat the big bad Bruins of the 70s, and it was all heart. Yeah, well, it wasn't all heart. heart. And, and thanks for the call. It was a lot of talent, too. I, I, and I, listen, I appreciate his call. Thanks very much. I think because those te- that team was so tough that the amount of skill they had gets forgotten. They had three Hall of Famers on the ice. <laughs> exactly right. You know. Exactly right. That, that, that's pretty significant. I, I, and, I, um, and that was one of the things that, and, and covering that team, um, that was one of the things that I kind of answered people back because there were a lot of people, especially the real purists, the real hockey purists, who were terribly, terribly offended by what those Flyers were and how they won. You know, I mean, you know, the Red Fishers and the Frank Gores and all, you know, all the veteran hockey writers, most of them up in Canada. Anyway, I just want to clarify for people who did not hear that right. You said Frank Orr. It sounded like you said Frank Gore. I'm thinking. Oh, no, no, no. Not the guy who was an Eagle for 12 hours? No, no, no. This is I, I know. I Frank know. Orr, who was a columnist at the Toronto Star. But they all, all they wrote about were these goons and the Broad Street bullies and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I always said, no, the... Yeah, that, that's part of it. I mean, there's no, there's no question that the toughness and the willingness to drop the gloves and the intimidation factor, especially in the old spectrum, was real. I'm not going to deny that. But don't overlook the fact that you have the best goalie in the world right now. Uh, and you have some great players you the on MVP. this team. I mean, you have, you have the MVP and you have the best goalie. So you're starting with that, okay? So it, it wasn't just about the fighting. Um, but the heart of the team is... It's for sure. I mean, because then in that, especially in the run in the first cup, I mean, to beat the Rangers in the semifinals and then to take on the Bruins with Esposito and Orr and all of those players and win both of those. He's right. No one gave them a chance to get past the Rangers, and they did. And then they certainly didn't give them any chance against the Bruins, and they won the whole thing. And, And Hart was certainly a big part of it, but don't discount the fact that there was true greatness on the team. Let me get Bob and Del Rand because uh, Bob's got some concerns about a position where the Eagles really do need some help, Bob. Yeah, um, I want. I'm going to make a plea to Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. Do not get Zach Pascal. We got a guy like that. Uh, we got the guy uh, Ward, and I know he's Nick's friend. I get it. He likes him. I get it. But this is not a friendship thing. This is about building a team. So we need to get somebody to open it up and give Jalen Hurts a fighting chance to show what he has and open it up for Devontae Smith. And I'm getting this gut feeling that Nick wants to get his buddy in there. And I think it's wrong. And I think somebody should call, call him out. Well, I, do I, I think there's two things going on, Okay, uh, which is not that yours is incorrect. But I okay. think that the Eagles wanted to upgrade at wide receiver and were shocked, as I guess a lot of people were, and caught off guard by the amount yeah. of money that the wide receivers are getting. I mean, Ray, Kirk gets 
uh, four years, $72 million? Christian Kirk. Christian yeah. Kirk? Nice player. Yeah, nice player. But, That's exactly um, right. Yeah, but that um, – yeah, the – of all the things that have happened in the in the, in the NFL in the last few weeks, uh, the, the biggest thing that surprised me was this explosion in the wide receiver market, that so many of them got signed, and so many of them got signed for so much money. I don't know that anybody saw that coming. And it started with Christian Kirk, who, again, nice player, but, I mean, you're paying him like a yeah. superstar. And now, and now the problem is now that has set the market for all the other guys. Yeah. And so I don't know who's left. I'll see if I can find who's left on the free agent market. I, I'm, I'm Pascal doesn't do it. Uh, I think he's he's kind of done. I, it looks like we're going to get Zach Pascal. Looks like I, I think so. And I'm not I'm as unmoved as you are, but I do think they should sign somebody. And I think they missed out on all the better players. Glenn, I just don't want Nick to get into a big testimony about how great this guy is. I think somebody should shut him down in the press and say, look. We know what the deal is. You don't have to talk this guy up because he can't sell him to us. He just can't. I don't know that he's going to try that hard. He's going to say he's a I good teammate and leader, he's and he's going to give you that. Him. I get that. But, you see, but, part, of it, part of it, Bob, is that every coach tends to get the latitude of bringing in players he knew from his old organization. It's a very regular thing. It's not oh, yeah. always a bad thing. I mean, when it's co-tight in the Jets, it's a bad thing. But. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you wind up with Pat Ryan. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think this is going to be a bad move, too, again. Uh, okay. I, I think it's going to be a meh move. I, and, I, and I hear your frustration. And, Ray, the free agent market, we'll talk. We're going to do uh, NFL at uh, whatever, in the 11 o'clock hour. But the free agent market kind of opened and, and people looted the shelves and closed real fast. Yeah. That's it. It's gone. Yeah, I I, I was surprised. I was surprised that so many guys moved right. Well, a lot of teams franchised teams that had good wide receivers franchised them. Um, uh, I know one guy traded from Green and, Bay to and, Las yeah, Vegas, and, and they franchise them and then trade them. Yeah. Um, but that, but that kind of pushed everybody to that next tier of guys. And I think what happened, and kind of what it tells me, maybe I'm reading the market wrong, but what it tells me is everybody has come to the same conclusion that I've got that I've come to is, boy, you got a lot of really great defensive players in this draft. So teams that have deficiencies on defense and need to rebuild their defense they're saying look we're just going to get we're going to get those guys in the draft we're going to you know there's a ton of defensive players in this draft that's where we're going to rebuild our defense if we're going to get wide receivers we got to go free agent we got to go now and I think that's what's kind of accelerated the wide receiver market but it's real I mean there's no question that um, wide receivers came off the board fast uh, and they were getting paid a ton of money yeah and the Eagles kind of missed it you know time may prove them right you know, I I wouldn't want to pay Christian Kirk that much money, no. given the what what the salary cap is. No, but. and again, and again, he's a good player, but I mean, you're not doing yourself any favor when you when you overpay to the degree that they overpaid. Right, except if you have no wide receivers and you know don't don't find the opportunity to get him. All right, coming up. Uh, by the way, I just want to say, if anybody is on social media, which ninety percent of you are, go to my. Um, Twitter page at Real Glenn Macknow or my Facebook page or my Instagram page or whatever. Um, I think I put it on LinkedIn too. There is a picture of an extremely handsome man in a tuxedo. <laughs> He's actually hanging with me and Barkan. Actually, Barkan looked great too. He Barkan did. Barkan had the tux with the silver vest. Yep. Barkan was, he was styling. He looked really good. A uh, little Joe DeCamera also. And you will see, uh, you will see, but the highlight is Ray Dinger in a tux. We're going to talk about your big night last night. We'll keep taking people's calls. 215-592-9494. Ray and Glenn, 94 WIP. Football season is officially over. 
but the beginning of springtime means a few things. Great weather, grilling, and tire sales. Stop by your local United Tire now through March 26 to receive up to $70 back when you purchase four BF Goodrich tires. Nothing says hello spring like switching out your winter tires for a brand new set of passenger or light truck tires. So mark your calendars and head to United Tire, where you can trust you're getting the best deal on the industry's most trusted tires. Remember, don't drive alone. Drive United. With Ray Dinger, I'm going back now. 215-592-9494. Before we uh, go to the phones, we mentioned last night, uh, Harris Atlantic City. Boy, Ray, what a big joint that was. Yeah, and they had, they had about 800 people in that room last 800? night. 800, wow, that's great. I parked my car. I felt like I walked two miles to the to the uh, where the event was, but it was it was great. Um, and Jonathan Taylor was there, and Bryce Young was there, Heisman Trophy winner, and Jordan Davis. And it's really nice um, the Maxwell Club because I love that they honor the high school kids and coaches, and yep. then the college kids and coaches. And um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor who won the Burt Bell Award, had won the high school award years ago. Yes, he so had. It was very cool to see that. And, of course, the highlight for everybody was Ray Dedinger <laughs> getting the Red Bagnell, Reds Bagnell excuse me, award. Why was he called Reds and not Red, by the way? Do you know? Um, back in those days, that's kind of, you know, when if, if you had red hair, you were Reds. No, you weren't Red. Okay. Uh, but um, there were a lot of great testimonials to you. Michael Barkan introduced you. Carl Peterson introduced you. And just... I think people there really uh, appreciate your work. But um, Rob Kustner, who uh, produced the um, uh, post-game show on uh, Comcast Sportsnet for all those years, put together just a little thing where he asked Brian Dawkins about how do you feel about Ray Dittinger's opinion. I don't, have you heard this thing yet? No, I never did. Oh, well, here you go. I couldn't wait to hear him. Like, Ray, Ray, Ray spits truth, man. Like, And sometimes truth is not... It's, it's not always pleasant, right? But no, he, he knows his stuff, he, and, and he's not going to necessarily um, dog anybody, right? He's not trying to do anything that way, but he spits truth. Wow. Not bad, right? That's a, you can put that one on my tombstone. He speaks truth. Uh, I think you said he spits truth, but yeah. Uh, well, um, that's all I've ever tried to do. You know, I've, um, I really do believe in this city. Uh, in Philadelphia with this sports community and these fans and the level of knowledge among these fans that um, they can, if you're a phony, they can spot it in a minute. Uh, and so the only way you can survive here, as long as I've survived here, which is 53 years now, uh, is if you're honest, if you're honest with them. Uh, and if it's good, I have no problem saying it's good. And the fans want to hear it, and that's fine. I mean, you know, Super Bowl 52 is as good as it gets. And I was enjoying it right along with everybody else. But when it's bad, <laughs> it's bad. And there's no sense if it's bad, and there's no sense that you sitting here trying to tell everybody it's good because they know better. So that's really all I've tried to do for the last 50 years is just kind of, as, as Doc said, spit the truth. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's cool and sometimes it hurts, but that's what I've been doing. And coming from him, um, that means a lot because to me, he, I mean, he got, he got the legend award last night. And uh, uh, if anybody fits the definition of a legend in this town, it's certainly number 20. Well, and you as well. What just, you know, what was your takeaway? What was your emotion? What was your feeling as that night ended last night? Oh, God, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. Yeah, the start of your speech. And by the way, thank you so much. I, I 
appreciate you mentioning me in your speech. I was, I was really touched by that. But I will say that at the very, very beginning of your speech, when you picked up that paper, mm-hmm. a tiny bit of a shake. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was feeling it. I mean, you saw me before. You saw me at the cocktail reception before, and I told you how nervous I was. You say, come on, you've done this a million times. No, not like this. You know, not like this. I mean, not receiving this kind of award in front of the, that kind of audience with those kinds of people on the dais with you. Um, no, that was, uh, I mean, that was really very emotional. And I, I kind of had to sort it all out and just try and get through the speech. And um, I, I, was, I was really nervous, but um, it meant a tremendous amount to me. I mean, I got to spend the better part of the evening with, uh, with people who I, I really respect. I mean, you know, the Ron Jaworskis, the Brian Westbrooks, the Brian Dawkinses, um, people like that, Carl Peterson, and I sat next to Michael during the dinner. And, you know, the, just, and, and the fans that just came up to me and, and said, you know, we've really enjoyed your work over the years. And, you know, we look forward to every Saturday and Sunday listening to you and Glenn. I mean, I heard that all night. And it was, it was just so wonderful. It, it, really, it really was. It was. It was a wonderful, wonderful night. And um, I, I, was very, I was very thankful that you made the drive down there and, uh, and came to the oh, dinner. Sure. And, and you were hey, certainly— You've come to every charity thing I've ever asked you to come to, and we've been friends for 20 years. I'm not, I wasn't going to miss that. Well, that was really nice. It was really nice so to have you there. Family, and family, it was great. And you got to meet my whole family. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your son and daughter were crowing. i got to say that. Yeah. They, uh, you know, listen, Maria, obviously, you know, the pride— was was there but to see your your son and daughter just having a great time watching the old man that was pretty cool yeah it, re- it really was and um you know my granddaughter Haley brought her boyfriend and uh and he got to and he got yeah, to, he's a nice kid he's a he great gets to kid. sit next to your son which i what how old is he 20 the kid uh mike is yeah 20 mike's 21 yeah sitting sitting next to his girlfriend's dad and your son is large and intimidating he is i will grant you that <laughs> But they, but they I get along. For they, your son-in-law, not son-in-law. Excuse me. Don't mean to. For your your <laughs> your granddaughter's you're moving boyfriend. things along here. No, no, your granddaughter's boyfriend. I'm sure it's like, oh, hi, hi, Mr. Dittinger. How are you? <laughs> no, he's a he's really he's really a, he's really a, a good kid. And he got you know he got to meet you know he got to hang out with you know Brian Westbrook and Brian Dawkins yeah, and Dick yeah. Vermeil and all that stuff. And he was he was in heaven. He was having a really good time. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. And again, it was really nice. And by the way. Uh, great job by everybody there. Our friend Cindy Webster was involved. It was nice to see her there. Leslie Goodell did a great job. And you know who's pretty damn good MC? Joe, Joe DeCamera. Jolton Joe, man. He was really good. He's really comfortable up there. He, he was he's really. Got some style. It was all on him. Uh, and when I saw the program and I saw the number of people that were going to be getting awards and they, everybody comes with a video highlight and. And they had told me ahead of time, look, we're starting at 6.30 and we're going to be done by 9.30. And I looked at the program. I said, no way. There's no way they're going to cram all of that in and get everybody out of there by 9.30. But son of a gun, Joe brought it in right on time. Yeah, I, I looked, I, you know, I, I looked at the clock when, when, when he closed it, and it was 9.30. So, Joe, I mean, there was a lot of moving parts to that program. And it was not an easy program to, uh, to coordinate. But uh, I, thought, I thought Joe did a terrific job, really. Very nice. Very nice. Sean in Wilmington is with us. Hey, Sean. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? All right, go ahead. Yeah, you're on. Uh, okay. I wanted to call. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, baseball. Uh, I'm really – I miss the days uh, Mike Schmidt, uh, Gary Lee Maddox, Aaron Rowan, uh, Victorino. Uh, I mean, Pete Rose. I mean, I can name these guys. Uh, Morandini, Eric Bergman, turned on assisted triple plays. 
they're just all all it is now is hitting hit you know hitting swinging for the fences and i i just I, I like those defensive plays just as much as I like the offensive plays. Yeah. And the last few years, our defense has been horrific, and it's only getting worse with these players we're signing. It is. You know? And it's I'm good. just. It's going to be softball out there. Yeah, it's just, it's just really got there, me like. Sean, I, I got to let I've, you go. We have we have all kinds of interference on your phone. I'm sorry about that, but I hear somebody else talking as you talk. I don't mean to be rude to you, but it's it's not a good connection. He made his point. Yeah, he did, and, <laughs> and I don't and I can't disagree. And I don't disagree with it. Yeah, I don't disagree speak, with uh, it. Let me get Brian Westgrove before the break. Hey, Brian. Hey, good morning, boys. Uh, you guys are like a warm blanket. It's uh, so comforting to to wake up on a on a Saturday morning and hear you on the radio. So, thank, so you. thank you for that. Thanks, Brian. Um, I I, uh, I watched uh, Giroux send off on on Thursday, and and they did a fantastic job. Uh, but the saddest part was that you know he's now going to join the the pantheon of Philadelphia athletes uh, who who weren't you know not only legends here in town but all-stars in their sport who who never won a championship and and i made a you know quick list off the top of my head you got randall cunningham claude Giroux, eric lindros donovan mcnab charles barkley alan iverson and the jury's still out on on Embiid. and and i think the flyers are kind of in disarray right now because they're not only going to have to replace his production but his stability uh, as well and you know i always felt comforted that he you know he was driving the ship and the the saddest part is that if he goes somewhere else and, and wins a championship, you know, he really should have won it here. So I just wanted to, to yeah. kind of get your thoughts on that. I, I, I hear it, um, but he's not going to win it here. And they probably can get something pretty good for him. Um, and you got to get value when you can. There are teams going for the cup now. And there's the opportunity to get assets. Oh, God, I hate that, Ray. I was Sam Hinkie right there. I know. Um, but, but and thanks, Brian. In this case, Ray, that's the priority, right? Yeah, it is. Um and look, if he goes to one of those two teams, and I do think it will be one of those two teams, um, and wins the cup, which is entirely possible, um, as a as a Flyer fan, you should feel good for him. You know, I mean, it, for everything that he gave to this team and to this city over this long period of time, bleak as it was, uh, for him to f- get an opportunity to actually skate around with the cup over his head is, I'm going to feel good about it. Now, I would have rather, it's I would Ray Bork moment. I would have, yeah, it's it's exactly right. And I would have, and I felt good for Ray Bork, you know, when that sure. happened. And and I think Giroux is is the same kind of player, you know, a really really great player, a Hall of Famer for sure. Um, and it would have been it would have been great to have him have that moment as a flyer, but for me. it ain't it ain't happening. So let him have it happen somewhere else. By the way, I just got a little bit of a report um, from a little birdie that says that the trade uh, may not happen today. There was a lot of belief that it would happen today, but it may not because. Um, Florida and Colorado are the two teams in it. I guess he maybe prefers to go to Florida. Florida had an injury yesterday um, to one of its better players, and Florida doesn't play again till Thursday, so they want to kind of assess what's going on with Aaron Ekblad before they do something. So uh, I, I kept thinking and believing and saying that it was going to happen yesterday or today. may not quite happen yet. So that's it. Okay. All right, coming up, Ray Dinger, you and I are going to talk some Philadelphia Eagles is what we're going to do, and people can join, 215-592-9494. Ray and Glenn, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.